Okay, so this is a famous question. Um, marriage of priests. And it's one that comes up not as often as call no man your father, but it comes up from time to time that the church is totally misguided that this was something that is unbiblical. It is only began in the 11th century. This is not in the gospel. We see right here, we read, we just heard St. Peter had a mother-in-law. Therefore, it's unbiblical. Well, what about St. Paul? Yeah, Peter had a mother-in-law, but St. Paul declared himself celibate. Now, the difference between celibacy and chastity, celibacy is not actually being married. Chastity, and some people are called to that, some people are not. Chastity, everybody is called to, even within marriage. People seem to think any sexual activity goes within marriage, even like sodomy. No, that's not true. Chastity is living purely even within the marital act. Now, Paul, we know was celibate. He said it. He wasn't married. So this isn't unbiblical. Uh, what, what about Paul? He said, he who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord. Now, this is 1 Corinthians 7. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, but she may be holy, that she may be holy, both in body and spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. It's not unbiblical. I get these letters all the time. Now, the tradition in the church isn't the 11th century. It goes back to the 4th century. Earliest church, by the time of St. Leo the Great, who became Pope in 440, the law of celibacy was generally recognized in the West. So this runs deep. It runs deep. You know, it's claimed that this was not the case, that it's not biblical, that uh, it goes back to, like I said, only the 11th century. But you know why the, that claim was made? It was made by the Protestants because the Protestant fathers all wanted to be married. Zwingli got married in 1552. Martin Luther was a priest in 1507 but married a nun in 1525. Calvin married in 1539. Now, I'm not saying marriage is bad. We're not saying that at all. It's just that you're called to one vocation or the other. Where is God calling you? Clerical celibacy is not easy. It's the reason I delayed my vocation for years. I was, didn't think I could do it. But it was a story that, that changed my life. There were a lot of things that changed my life, like meeting the priest that helped me after my grandma's suicide and whatnot. But there was one big event that happened to me when I was in my home in North Carolina. And I had started to discern the priest, and I, th I, I didn't think I could do it. And I, I was ignoring the call. Well, the Bible was on my table, and I was making dinner. Rocky, my big yellow lab, was running up and down, and I'd wrestle with him on the floor. And in the process of doing that, the Bible 
which was closed on the table fell. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it was open. It's, it was open on the table and it fell. We bumped the table or I bumped it some out and it fell and some pages fluttered and it fell flat down onto the floor. So I thought that was interesting because I always heard the stories that sometimes God, like Augustine, takes you exactly to a certain passage. So I picked up the Bible and I opened it to where it had fallen open. And I'll never forget this. It was Matthew 19, 12. My eyes went right to it. And let me quote it. Some are eunuchs, eunuch meaning incapable of engaging in the sexual act. Some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Well, I thought, okay, that's not me. I wasn't born that way. Others were made that way by man. That's castration. Well, okay, wasn't castrated. And others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. Does that sound unbiblical to you? Others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. This is the next line that changed my life. The one who can accept this should accept it. Right then and there, I went, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. God was speaking to me. And I began to then really at that moment seriously discern my priesthood. So we need both celibacy and chastity. You're all called to chastity. Proper engagement in the, in the marital act. Only some are called to celibacy. That doesn't mean marriage isn't beautiful. Marriage is absolutely beautiful. It's a sacrament. It was instituted by Christ. I mean, by, by God. Now, basically the sacrifice of marriage, it says here, is for the sake of the kingdom. Now, this is why we give up family, believe it or not. People don't understand this. Yes, I am called father, even though the Bible says, call no one your father. I have a whole talk on that one. They're not talking about, the men don't call anybody father as in Abba, meaning creator. Paul calls himself, I am your spiritual father. Jesus even referred to Father Abraham. So we know that, I mean, that kind of fundamentalist reading of the Bible, it just doesn't work. And so anyway, this is the important thing. I am called Father because now you could say the priest has spiritual children. I always laughed that my mom, when I was going to said I was going to become a priest, she cried. She wanted grandchildren. Said, mom, you're going to have more children now. You're going to have millions. And man, does my mom see the millions of her children right now that are all praying for her. You don't think, okay, mom could have had two grandchildren praying from her, for her, three for me, or she could have had two million now that I've become a priest. I am convinced that is directly why she has been healed, is because of her spiritual children, you. It's beautiful. And so celibacy is a gift. Fully in ministry now, I see the wisdom. I see the wisdom. It would be unfair for me to have two wives, a lady at home and the church. It would be unfair because only one of them would get half my time. 
And if you spent more with one than the other, then the other would get less than half your time. That's not fair to either one. So like Jesus Christ, the priest is married to the church. That's his bride, the bride of Christ. We cannot have an undivided heart when it comes to Christ. We just read Paul. The unmarried man is all about Christ. That's how it should be. So what is it? Okay, I said celibacy means unmarried, different from chastity. Uh, the church considers this, however, this is very important. This is what you need to know as Catholics. The church considers the law of celibacy, however, not to be doctrine. It's not a doctrine of the Catholic church. It is a discipline. It is a tradition. No, it is not man-made because we just read in Paul or Matthew 19.2. Anybody who can accept this ought to hear it and do it for the sake of the kingdom of God. That's not man-made. But it is not doctrine. It means, it doesn't mean that this is teaching of the church that can never be changed. It's discipline. Actually means it can be changed. If, if the Holy See came out tomorrow and said priests can now marry, or I should say men can marry before they become priests, that doesn't change anything on church teaching. It's a discipline. This is where our non-Catholic brethren tell us that the Catholic Church absolutely forbids us. It's a tradition. It is a discipline. It is not dogma. It is not even doctrine. Unlike women's ordination. Now that can't be changed. The priest has to be a man because he's in persona Christi and Jesus was a man. We can't change that. All right. This rule of priestly celibacy could change. It can change. But as a priest, I don't think it should. Not because I wouldn't love to be married. I was planning on getting married in North Carolina, the prettiest girl I ever saw. And the reason I delayed my priest is I wanted to be married. And I kept thinking, gee, you know what? Soon as I become a priest and get ordained, then they'll say priests can get married. And then I, I'll lose, I'll miss out, you know? But I made the choice, all right? Francis, Father, or um, Pope Francis even commented on this. He commented that celibacy, now I'm quoting him, is a matter of discipline, not of faith. It can change. But he added, for the moment, I am in favor of maintaining celibacy with all its pros and cons, because we have 10 centuries of good experiences rather than failures. Actually, we have 16 centuries of good experiences rather than failures. Tradition has weight and validity. He said the rule must be strictly adhered to, and any priest who cannot obey it must leave ministry. He is pretty firm on this. So you see, you have to understand what celibacy means and why we do it. Again, <clears throat> as a discipline, it's not dogma. It can change. But again, I don't think it should. Now, there are exceptions. Priests can be married. You can meet a married Catholic priest. Now, how does that happen? All right. A Protestant, let's say an Anglican priest, who then converts, and has a wife and children. He was Anglican. And then he converts to Catholicism. He can become a Catholic priest. 
and still stay married. So it can happen. Um, those who are already married in the Eastern Catholic Church may marry before ordination. I used to be in seminary with some of the Maronite guys, and they used to call their fourth year of theology their apostolic year. They would leave from seminary, and they would laugh because they would say that that would be their year that they would, they would go out and try to find a wife because then they could get married and still be ordained to the priesthood. So <clears throat> that tradition exists in the East. But, however, both in the West, we are the West, we are the Latin Rite Church, and in the East, like the Coptic and the Maronite, bishops cannot be married. So you cannot have a married priest become a bishop. That can't happen. And there is really never marriage after ordination. Once you are ordained, even in the East, once you are ordained, you don't get married. Now, in the church we are here, what about deacons? Now, a lot of people don't know this, but deacons, I know a lot of them, they're married men, right? They have become clergy of the Catholic Church. Now, if a deacon is married and he becomes, or excuse me, if a married man becomes a permanent deacon and he is widowed and his, you know, he a widower, a widower and his wife dies, he doesn't remarry. He doesn't remarry because he's already made that decision to give his life to God and he'll finish his life in that way. Powerful, right? Now, why is this all the case? because we are in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. The life of the priest conforms to that of Christ, the celibacy of Christ, who was not married. Okay? Now, there is a theory that even those who are married still maintain some form of the life of Christ. In the early Christian church, all right, married men who became priests, like Peter, all right, were expected to live in continence. This is interesting. Refer, refraining permanently from sexual relations with their wives. You know, the Bible even says in one part that the apostles left their wives. Now, I don't know what that means, if it just meant temporarily going out on a certain mission and returning. We don't know. But it's not, we're not discrediting marriage. This is a, the highest vocation. But or a high vocation, but, but the calling to serve the Lord fully is even higher. All right, now, in the Eastern Orthodox, in the Eastern Catholic churches, they now require their married clergy to abstain from sexual relations for a limited period before celebrating the Eucharist. But you didn't know that. So in the Eastern churches... Even if a priest is married, he's supposed to refrain from sexual activity up until a certain amount of time before celebrating the Eucharist. See, we don't know this. This is what tradition has been in the church, not man-made. Right, I guess you could say in one way, small T tradition, because it can change. It's not large T tradition, sacred apostolic tradition. Uh, like the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that can't change. That's dogma. This is not dogma. This is, this is discipline. So to finish, a lot of people will attack the Catholic Church. This is what makes pedophiles. 
This is what makes pedophiles. The church's selfish view that they, they don't allow priests to marry. Well, there's the priests. The church is not just not allowing priests to marry just for the sake of not allowing priests to marry. These are the reasons I just gave, which include biblical. But they say this makes pedophiles. No, most pedophiles, unfortunately, there's any, it's unfortunate, are married. A vast majority of pedophiles are married. 4% of the population, sadly, scary, are pedophiles. 4%, that, that's shocking to me. Should be zero, but 4% seems very high. In the Catholic Church, it's 1%. Still horrid, still wrong. The very fact that there's one, not just 1%, but there's even one is wrong, needs to be dealt with, cannot be covered up, priest needs to be removed. When it regards a child, there is no, there is, there's no room. But it's 4% of the population as pedophiles, a vast majority are married men. In the Catholic Church, 1% of priests are abusers, which is still wrong. One is too many, but most are married. This is not the cause of pedophilia. Most of the church abuse case is homosexuality, a phobia, which is after puberty, even if they're under 18, like say 16, 17. People don't know this. So anyway, why do we do this? It's a preparation for heaven. Celibacy is a preparation for heaven. Why? It's uniting with only God. We know from Scripture that there is no marriage in heaven. Now, that doesn't make marriage on earth bad. Do you know marriage on earth is also a preparation for heaven? Because you, you're learning how to be devoted and dedicated and truly love. God allows marriage because we can then experience on earth a, in a smaller way, what we will experience in heaven in a deeper way to him, to our true spouse, Jesus. Your marriage here on earth is a preparation for that. So marriage is good, wholesome, sacrament, holy. But there will be no marriage in heaven. Oh, Father, how dare you say that? No, I'm talking about the Bible. The Bible says that. Jesus said that. There's no marriage in heaven because of the three objectives in marriage. You've heard me say this. The first objective of marriage is open to life, procreation. In heaven, we don't need that because there'll be no death and no need to be reborn, to regenerate and repopulate. On earth, we have death. We need, we need marriage to repopulate. In heaven, there is no death. There will be no repopulation. So procreative aspect of marriage is not needed. Second is unitive. You become two, become one flesh here on earth. The husband and the wife come together in heaven. Your unitive is completely with God. Yes, you'll still have a relationship with your spouse in a special way, but the second objective of marriage, unitive, is completely fulfilled by God. Your marriage on earth was a preparation for that. And third, the third objective, get your spouse to heaven. By the time you get to heaven, They'll be there or not. We pray that they're there. So that doesn't change. When we get to heaven, there's no need for marriage. So the celibacy of the priest on earth is preparing for that. It's not unbiblical. It's not a warped view of the Catholic Church. 
It's 1,600 years of tradition that make perfect sense. God bless, you know, JP2, I'll finish with this. He had a beautiful quote. John Paul II said this, the church as the spouse of Jesus Christ wishes to be loved by the priest in the total and exclusive manner, which means the priest is all hers. He belongs fully to the church. The priest, the, or the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the church as the spouse of Jesus Christ wishes to be loved by the priest in the total and exclusive manner in which Jesus Christ, her head and spouse, loved her. So we as the priests are called to that. That makes absolute perfect sense. Brother Mark and I, our days, they go from morning to night. My day is 5.30 a.m. to midnight every day. And every ounce of it is dedicated to the church, to the Marian community, to our Marian helpers, to spreading evangelization, whatever it might be. If I had a wife at home, that would not be fair. And then if I did have a wife at home and I go home to her, then my work is not being done for God and the church. I mean, it is. You're being a witness. That is beautiful. A spouse is a witness to Christ. You can evangelize by just being a good spouse, being a faithful spouse, but in a different way. As much as you as a spouse are beautifully living the life of Christ and teaching the faith to your family, your spouse, your children, a priest has to bring the sacraments. A priest has to bring the word of God like we are right now in a different way. We need both. Don't think, well, gee, Father, you're telling me only priests are good. They're only the men of God. No, 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 no. They're different. They're, they're, they're both beloved by God. God would not have condemned me if I chose to be married to Gina rather than becoming a priest. If I would have missed my calling and God would have said, I want you to be a priest, but I wouldn't have listened, which I didn't for a long time and I would have become a, a, a husband and a father, you know what God would have said to me? Beautiful. Now be the best husband and father you can be. I'm proud of you. Just be faithful to me. He wouldn't have condemned me. He would have embraced me. But I chose the call of the priesthood, and now I see it with a whole different lens. I wanted to be married more than anything, and I knew that I'd struggle. Now, uh-uh. Praise be to God, the grace is there. So please don't let somebody condemn our faith because of celibacy. What we just read in the Bible is easily explained, and the Bible supports the church's teaching, per Matthew 19.2 and other passages. God bless us for being Catholic, and God bless all our married couples, and God bless all our priests. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast 
to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.